Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello, one a beautiful Tuesday, and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined, as always, by Jihei Wiley, Armani Buckets, and Brandon Deutsch. Jihei is joining us via Bluetooth, not feeling that well, but she's okay. But she's joining us via Bluetooth, but we have a lot to get into. So with that said, let's get to today's headlines. All right, Steph Curry converted eight free throws over the final 45.7 seconds on the way to a 32-point performance. Man, what an amazing game for him as the Golden State Warriors down the stretch defeated the Memphis Grizzlies 101-98 on Monday night, and they've now taken a 3-1 series lead in the Western Conference semifinals. The Warriors guys are now one win away from returning to the Western Conference Finals. Is this series done? I think this series is done, but that was a really ugly win by Golden State. Both teams look like trash, honestly. The Grizzlies could not hit a shot down the stretch. The Warriors were turning the ball over and started the game, I think, 0 for 15 from the three-point line. The only concerning thing for me with Golden State is the inconsistency of Klay Thompson. Klay cannot be inconsistent for them to win the title. It seems like one night he'll have a great game. The very next night, he does what he did last night. He was 0 for 7 from the three-point line. They need Klay to be consistent, but I still think that they just showed up expecting to win yesterday, so I'm not going to take much stock into how ugly it was. I think that they just expected to win. They didn't really yeah. give a full effort. And we, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, we knew Memphis was going to cover. They were going to come out, backs against the wall, no Ja Morant. And uh, the Warriors, they have 102 defensive rating when Draymond is on the court, which would have led the league if he was healthy all year. They showed that um, last game, last couple games. Memphis's defense was back. Jaw is obviously a liability on defense, although they needed him in the in that stretch in the fourth quarter where they needed to win. Yeah. Why was Jaron Jackson shooting that last shot? He was 0 for 7 from 3. Steph Curry, it's amazing he even had 32 points, being 4 for 14 from three-point range. He needs to shoot better, too. Yeah. Clay obviously needs to shoot better. Those are some great points, Armand. This series is virtually over. There have been inside rumblings that Jaw probably is out for the That's season be tough yeah. you know maybe and it kind of reminds me of the Kawhi Leonard situation mm-hmm. last year where they wouldn't speak on it and he might right. have a torn MCL ACL we just don't know so hoping that he's okay but Memphis is playing for next year the season is is virtually over I mean this series is virtually over the highlight for me I don't know if you guys saw this clip and I, and I love these little moments like this there is a fan courtside a woman who's drinking a glass of red <laughs> wine respect to her for that always love that wine on the courtside seats and she's telling Draymond <laughs> to calm down Draymond it's okay don't get it technical don't get tossed so Did I love you think the- that worked I don't think it matters. I do not think Draymond cared about that woman drinking that glass of, of of wine. But you know what? This series is done. We've talked about it, guys. I mean, when the Warriors are healthy, they are the best team. And we have not really seen them healthy until the postseason. So not only just the talent, but they've been there before. And they've been waiting for this moment. You go back to the 2019 Finals. I mean, how long ago that that seems now? Steph is playing like himself. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. They have hit that groove. 
And this this is sort of like the Warriors pre-KD, you know, with, with Poole and these other guys. So there's no doubt in my mind this series is done. I would love to see the Grizzlies maybe win one more game, push it to um, a sixth game. But this series is done. Kudos to the Warriors for that. But The thing about the John Morant not being there and the Grizzlies being better, yeah. I think that that can be put to bed at this point like this is yeah. not no. a good yeah, no, 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 no. John Morant we're, we're not saying that we're just saying that they're better defensively yeah. Yeah. Yes, you know I, you know what I'm saying but they needed him for that last shot yeah I think there was a lot of speculation that they could get it done without him but no. they just don't look good offensively without him yeah 35 year old Al Horford wow. there we go helped cap a 10-0 <laughs> run with a game tying dunk on Giannis as the Boston Celtics completed a fourth quarter comeback that enabled them to beat the Bucks 116 to 108 and tie the Eastern Conference semifinals at two games apiece. It's now a best of three against arguably the two best teams in the East. Who do you like? Here's the thing. When I thought the Lakers were a, a championship team, I thought this is the performance we're going to get by the 35-year-olds on the <laughs> Lakers. Look at Al Horford coming up for the Boston Celtics late. And I've never seen Horford show that kind yeah. of emotion. I mean, he was upset at Giannis and his antics and things like that. Um, this is a fantastic series. We thought it would be. I think we all thought that the team that comes from this series will go on to the, the NBA Finals. Listen, I don't want the Celtics to win, so I'm not going to put myself in a position to pick the Celtics. I do not want the Celtics to win. I want to enjoy these these playoffs, but I still got some like gangs that the Celtics may find a way to win one more championship than my Lakers. So I'm not going to root for them. I'm going to pick Milwaukee, but Al Horford, what an amazing moment for him. Yeah, um... Look, this is this is an interesting series. This game five is going to be super, super, super important. I think actually Milwaukee is going to win game five. Okay. Um, I think that that could be the difference. I had Milwaukee in seven in this series. I do think the Celtics defense has been elite all season long. However, in the playoffs, they are fourth in defensive rating. It's kind of it, I wouldn't say it disappeared, but it, it hasn't been as elite. The Bucks were were. 12th in defensive rating in the season yeah. in the playoffs without Middleton even who's a great wing right yeah best defensive rating by far 99.4 so that's that's the makings of a championship team right there Giannis is the best player in the NBA putting up 30 plus points every game 18 rebounds yesterday that was kind of just an unfortunate situation Bucks couldn't hit their shots down the stretch I think they'll fix that I think the officiating is going to be a bit better in game five um I think the Bucks will win the series in seven I don't know what to expect. I just think that Giannis is about to take it up another notch. And with that being said, I'm going to go with you guys and say the Bucks. But I mean, this Celtics team is so complete from top to bottom. And I don't think it's ridiculous if we look back in, in a month from now and say, wow, those were the two best teams in basketball. Like, mm. it's very possible that we are watching the two best teams in basketball. That's not to take anything away from Golden State or Phoenix. I think it's between those four. Maybe you want to throw the Mavericks in there with the way that they've looked. Yeah. But it's really like it's down to... I don't want to give it away, but I don't really believe in Philly, Miami, or Memphis. And this might, this is probably your, at least your Eastern Conference Finals. I think that that's safe to say, but I'm going to go with you guys. I'm going to go with the Bucks, and I think it's going to be a seven-game series yeah, as well. I agree. We have two big Game 5s tonight in series that are tied two games apiece. The Sixers are in Miami, and the Mavericks are in Phoenix. Miami and Phoenix look dominating when they took their 2-0 leads, but the past two games have changed things. Have they changed the way that you view either series, and what are your picks 
for tonight and for the series. I love that these two series are tied at 2-2 because I think when we watched those first two games, I mean, for, for sure, with the way the Suns blew out the Mavericks and they had won 11 straight games, I thought that series was over, could be a sweep. When the Heat won their first two games, I'm like, maybe Joel's return may change things. I'm not sure. Both of them are tied 2-2. The momentum has shifted, but now we're going back. Going back to Miami, going back to Phoenix. I still like the Heat. I still like the Suns. But I like the fact that we have a series here. We have three 2-2 series, one 3-1 series. But I like the Suns. I think that they've been the best team in the league this entire year. That being said, I think we all agree now that the Warriors are the Warriors. They're probably the best. I do like the uh, Suns um, to win tonight. I like the Heat to win tonight. So yes, I, not only do I like those two teams to win tonight, I like them to win both of those series. Hopefully we get two game sevens. But I, yeah, th- yeah. Th- th- those were two series I thought maybe we, we might get a sweep good three game series right now yeah i think both of these series are probably gonna go seven games i think that's likely the dallas series i'll start with um i said this yesterday i mean dorian finney smith is not gonna make eight threes again from the floor but like we said last week brunson and dinwiddie uh they're gonna play better brunson's played better the shooters are playing better the defense top 10 and defensive rating during the year and Luka Doncic, uh, we talk about his offense. His defense has actually gotten better. I know he's still kind of a liability. He's the best player in this series. I said this yesterday. I do think the Mavericks will steal one in Phoenix mm. tonight. Um, I'm going to be the only person who probably says that in the world, considering Phoenix has an <laughs> incredible, um, impeccable record at home. Uh, but I, Doncic is the best. He kind of gives me these vibes like a young LeBron James. Like eventually he's gonna, when he gets the right pieces, I don't know if it's this team, but if he gets the right right pieces around him, he could cruise to the finals almost every single year. He has that generational talent on him in the heat. They're gonna win tonight. I truly believe that. I, I completely agree with that Luca point. I think that definitely he has that historic game in him. I don't know if it's gonna be tonight, but you know what? Why can't it be tonight with, with the Mavericks? I, that series is such a toss-up. In regards to the Philly-Miami series, this is going to sound a little bit weird considering how well Harden played. I didn't like the fact that they won it strictly because of Harden's fourth quarter because I think it's going to inflate his ego and make him think <laughs> that he's still Houston Harden. I think yeah, if yeah. Philly wants to win this series, it's got to be behind obviously Embiid, but more Maxi and Tobias Harris. And now I'm kind of worried that Harden's just going to be chucking up garbage all night. And that's why I'm, I'm skeptical, but I still like Philadelphia. I think that they're a more talented team. Yeah. The NFL announced that the reigning Super Bowl champion LA Rams will host the Denver, Bron- the the Broncos. Denver Broncos yes. on Christmas Day. <laughs> it will be the second game of a Christmas triple header. The Lakers and or Clippers are also expected to play that day at Crypto.com Arena. What are your thoughts on the NFL trying to take over the NBA signature day of Christmas? I know. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, we are always so used to a game, whether it's the Lakers or whether it's the Clippers or whether it's those two teams going head-to-head Christmas Day. And listen, as bad as the Lakers have been, as long as LeBron James is still on that team, that team will be playing a game at Crypto on Christmas Day. So we got two big games. We got the Rams playing at SoFi Christmas Day, and then we got the Lakers playing either the Clippers or some other team Christmas Day. Um, Listen, it's the National Football League. They are the kings. They're saying, listen, the NBA, we know you have that day on this particular day, on this particular Christmas day. We're going to take over, and God bless the NBA, but the NFL is king, so they're going to do 
triple the numbers. Um, and I'm going to see if I can go to both. Again, the the, uh, the Rams-Broncos game at SoFi is a 130 uh, kickoff. The uh, tip-off at Crypto will probably be a, a, a 5 p.m. tip, usually. So, listen... There's always so much to do in Los Angeles, but it's it's the National Football League. They're gonna try to take over Thanksgiving, Christmas, <laughs> you name it. Yeah, yeah. Um, this this will be a huge day for sports. Probably the best all year. One of them at least. Uh, Rams Broncos. That's so cool. Now that Wilson's traded to yeah. uh, De- Denver, similar to kind of Stafford being traded. I know Wilson won a Super Bowl, yeah. and you know Stafford was in Detroit. Completely different situations, but that'll be a fun game. Um, Broncos might be the best team in that division. Like we don't know with the Chargers. That's a uh, heck of a division. You got the, Chem- the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, crazy, and the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, the Chiefs might be the worst. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. Let's take a hot take. Maybe not because they still have an all-time grade Mahomes. But yeah. yeah, that'll be a great day. The Lakers are definitely going to play. I think the Lakers will have a better record on Christmas Day than they did they did oh, this last hopefully. year. Yeah. You know, the NFL had two games this past season on Christmas. I think that they can try but i really think that christmas is still the nba's day and it will be but i mean the nba product right now in the postseason it's very interesting because you have so many people complaining about the refereeing the constant going and checking is that a flakering foul is this a flakering foul they have to be really careful with the way that they go forward as a league because they are losing those casual fans and if they lose those casual fans those are the fans that are going to tune in and watch the rams against the broncos instead of whatever the nba game at the same time would be so they have to be careful but i still think nba christmas is is a special thing and people will tune in over the nfl no doubt about it i 100 agree and i have to again i have to figure out a way to get to both games at the same time through the first 30 or so games of the baseball season the dodgers and the angels have two of the best records in the league which do you think is a better team and could we actually maybe see a freeway series in the world series this season i hope so i've been dreaming for this moment for brandon's angels to catch up with the dodgers because here's the thing they have two of the best players and when you talk about and i've told all my friends Go to the Union Station, get on that Pacific Surfliner if you don't want to deal with traffic. They are worth the price of admission to see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and Brandon. As you know, they went back-to-back home runs last night. What an amazing moment that was. There was a sign out there behind home plate. A fan came from Paris, France to come see those two guys play. So what an amazing moment it is in Los Angeles. We just touched on it for sports here so the Dodgers, we know what they are. They, they will finish with 100-plus uh, wins this season. They are the best team in the National League. I think that they will be a World Series team. It would be such an amazing moment for Los Angeles, the freeway series that we've never had. The yeah. Dodgers and the Angels, Brandon, can it finally happen? Uh, I think it's possible, <laughs> although it's, you know, growing up an Angel fan, I, I don't believe it till I see it. Yeah, um, They do have one of the best lineups in the league with Trout, Otani, and Otani and Rendon yes. also weren't hitting, really. They were both hitting under 250 until two days ago, you know, when yeah. they had the walk-off comeback against Washington, and then yesterday, they, uh, Otani specifically, two-home run game, kind of went back into the flow, and he's pitching great. He could, He's in He's oh, in yeah. the conversation for the American League Cy Young, not not MVP right now, but Taylor Ward, I think the uh, the his rise to stardom has been so funny because I mentioned this to you Arash he was had a fifth round grade out of Fresno State from everybody 
and he was drafted in the first round as a defensive catcher and now he's an offensive outfielder and you know he went to he he had a friend that introduced him to sabermetrics and that's kind of where he got his rise to his perfecting his swing lorenzen michael lorenzen one of the angels pitchers said you know ward has the best approach in the mlb which is a great compliment he was hurt yesterday there was the first time yesterday against the rays where they they steamrolled them and i said this could be a legitimate team dodgers have a much better shot getting to the world series though the angels pitching is still very very primitive in comparison to the other teams that will compete for the titles yeah. i like the yankees more the blue jays angels are similar to the mets at some point they, yeah. they you know they might they might choke i hate to say it i i won't believe it till i see it i just want to see that you know because you got the chicago white Sox win a world series you got the chicago cubs win a world series i want los angeles to have that there Give is me a freeway series. there is something electric though going on in anaheim last night shohei hits the home run trout yeah. puts on the cowboy hat sombrero <laughs> hat on yeah. his head i mean I mean, there is something special that's right and as a cubs fan joe madden that's changes right. the whole culture of a baseball team and he's doing it again in anaheim mm-hmm. so tom brady reportedly will join fox sports as its lead nfl analyst when his playing career ends he has reportedly agreed to a contract that will pay him about 20 to 25 million dollars per year over 10 years first of all he was known for taking pay cuts and now <laughs> apparently no more pay cuts he's the goat broadcaster or he's the goat but it's a broadcaster worth 250 million dollars uh listen no, I do not think so. That being said, if you can make that, by all means. By the way, the press release that they came out said he's going to be more than a broadcaster. He's going to be with our clients. He's going to be this, that, and the other. By the way, for $25 million, I'll shake as many hands as you want. <laughs> by the way, this is extremely smart. When I saw the money t- Tony Romo was making, Troy Aikman making $20 million a year. Yeah, listen, we don't know how good Tom will be in the booth. That's, like I think, a big point. Joe Montana, you guys don't remember this. You're younger. Joe Montana tried this, and he was terrible in the booth. He was, I mean, he had no opinions. He was was horrible. Tom Brady, I get the sense on social media, he gets it. But, man, I mean, if you can transition from a career, and I think he's probably going to get paid more as a broadcaster, $25 million a year. Listen, do I think a broadcaster needs to make $25 million a year? No. If, If the Cowboys are playing the Rams on Sunday, I am watching regardless who's on the call. But if if they're giving out that kind of money, sign me up. Yeah, I mean, look, Tom Brady is the all-American guy, the poster boy. People want to see him. He 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 sells. Everything he does turns to gold, right? This is this is a brilliant signing yeah. by, by Fox. Um, I think it might be. Look, does anybody deserve it? But if, if you're saying Troy Aikman's making twenty million, this is a discount. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you don't know how good Tom Brady could become amazing in the booth. That's Will he right. be? I mean, who knows? Good at everything, probably. But uh, look, this is a guy that is going to represent a network. Um, and it's going to make them a lot of money. This is a brilliant uh, deal for both sides. And I think Brady will be very good. And he'll continue to be the poster boy. Exactly. Most popular NFL player arguably ever, right? That's right. And he'll continue to be a face in, in sports media, in the NFL, meeting with clients. I think this is a great decision. Yeah. It seemed like Tom Brady was very rigid and held back for for a little bit of his career. But lately, I mean, he's on TikTok now. He's, you know, very candid on Twitter. He had a TikTok the other day that basically he admitted that the tuck rule 
game might have been like, <laughs> yeah, right. a little bit, you know, exaggerated there with that call. But I just think that it is a ridiculous amount to pay. But this guy seems like a guy that, again, I agree with what you said, Brandon, with the all-American aspect that he's going to be relatable to, to any viewer that's watching at home. I really think that this is a great hire. I wonder if this means that more... Hall of Fame level quarterbacks are just going to look at the end of their career and be like, you know what? Maybe I should hang it up now because I got 15 million coming from CBS if I if I hang it up a little yeah. early. Like Russell Wilson in four or five years is like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah, I 100% think so because I think Tony Romo was the first one where they were having that conversation with them and they said, Tony, this job may not be here a year from now. If you take it now, you're putting yourself... Um, like you, you're gonna make twenty million per year, and that that price range changes things. It's it's crazy. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, speaking of goats, we will be joined by Matt Liner, USC Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, national championship quarterback. When we come back, right here on the Mightier Ten Ninety in Southern California, and the fan here in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We are now joined by my old college friend, USC <laughs> legend, Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, Matt Leinard. Matt, how are you? Arash, what's up, my guy? You said old, man. No. I'm, <laughs> I'm, turning I'm, I'm turning 39 this week, dude. <laughs> You're so, in yeah, your 30s still. very old. No, well, listen, you are in your 30s. You are still young, and here's why. You are part of something that you need to explain to us, well, when I say us, me as like an older gentleman, this new crazy <laughs> world of college sports. Right now it's college football. Matt, let's just start right. there. I mean, I just saw a UT player signed an endorsement deal with a Lamborghini dealership. I mean, I'm trying to think about back when we were in school, the kind of stuff you and Reggie would have done in Los Angeles as the because again we did not have the NFL uh, people have to remember right. where you guys were USC back when you guys were at your pinnacle the Lakers had just traded away Shaq they weren't a playoff team the Dodgers were not a playoff team we had no pro football I mean you guys were the uh, the thing in town what are you thinking as you're watching these stories these these kids signing multi-million dollar deals it, it's it's wild and it just makes me think gosh i played in the wrong i played in the wrong <laughs> decade that's for sure but um yeah i mean listen it's i think it's been a long time coming um i i've been an advocate for players uh, monetizing their, their name image and likeness um uh, for a long time obviously you know people all over the country and, and media, every industry have always been saying, well, well, kids, kids should be able to make money. Kids should be able to make money. And now that it's here, it, it definitely has become a little bit of the wild, wild west because it is so new. And obviously policies are different amongst every state school. Um, legislation is different. Um, rules are different. So 
you, you know, we're, we're kind of finding right now as this just became legal, essentially, um, a little bit of an arms race to try and sign all these players and, and you know, the, the schools that have a lot of money can do those things. So, um, you know, I, I would say this, uh, you know, some of these deals are, are crazy. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm like, holy crap, like these kids are making a fortune. They, they don't even ever have to play football again and they'll be fine. But um, I, I do think there will be regulation. I, I think I think the market will correct itself after a couple of years here. You know, I, I wouldn't get all up in arms. Um, like a lot of people are doing, um, I think it'll take care of itself. But yeah, it's wild, man. I mean, it, it really is wild, and um, you know, it does concern me a little bit that now, um, you know, a lot of these kids who have no real financial education, you know, are getting thrown a lot of money at them. So uh, I think a lot, a lot will change over the next couple of years, and there'll be a lot more positive things coming out. But right now, it's it, I mean, it's it's crazy, man. Like it, it, every day, you you hear you hear a new story. Matt, um, how we became friends at USC is one of my favorite Trojans. The most sure-handed Trojan I ever met, Greg Carlson. I got to meet him back in the day at Taft when he won a CIF uh, title. You are now teaming up with Greg, and it was really cool to see you and Caleb Williams because Caleb is like, yeah. I think everyone's so excited about what he can do. Tell me about the Hall of Goats and what th- th- that is. Yeah, so Hall of Goats is, is an NFT platform where uh, these amateur athletes, both college and high school, can can you know monetize their 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 name, image, and likeness. Uh, it's a digital; uh, they can create a digital brand, and we want to be the platform that can help service that. You know, I think uh, you know it's a very interesting um, and very fast growing kind of industry. Um, and the best way that I could describe it is, is you know, Rosh, you and I, and, and you know, older generation at our age, but even older guys, you know, you collect physical trading cards, right? Yeah. You collectibles and all those types of things. So an NFT essentially is the same thing, but it's a digital trading card or a digital asset. In, in our case, for Hall of Goats, we are creating avatars for these players that can grow and kind of and, and build over time as these players hit milestones, et cetera, et cetera, throughout their career on and off the field. So we really want to be at one platform where these amateur athletes can come and they can, they can engage, they can engage in their community. They can help grow their community. They can build a digital brand that, that, you know, the hope is that will last a lot longer than their playing careers in whatever sport it is. This isn't just football. This is, this is men's sports, women's sports, you name it. Um, We want to be that platform for all of these student athletes to, to build their digital brand and, and, and for them to be able to tell their story and engage in their community because a big part of the NFT community, whether it's sports or not, is is, is access yeah. and utility and all those things around it. That that's how you see a lot of these NFT projects that, that have that are successful, they they have great communities behind them. And I mean there's nothing better than sports fans and sports communities. So um, we're trying to tell that story. Um, obviously with Caleb who, um, has just been, uh, you know, just a great partner and, and been fun to, you know, get to know him and get to know his goals on and off the field. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's done a really good job, uh, you know, kind of navigating this NIL space, him and his team. And, um, you know, we, we felt like it was just a great opportunity, um, to do that. And, and he really, you know, he wants to help student athletes and not again not just football you know we want to be 
um, a national platform for all student athletes and give them an opportunity to grow their brands and, and, and make money doing it. Matt, you are still involved with the program. I remember when Lincoln Riley uh, had his press conference, you were there. The program has changed night and day when you talk about that last game at the Coliseum of the season, half empty, and it was so depressing to see the Coliseum half empty. Now you got Lincoln (laughs) Riley and you got Caleb Williams because of the transfer portal. I mean, they are one of the top five, top ten teams. Right. Where, I mean, mean, listen, we hope that they can win the national championship, that the championship game will be at SoFi. Talk about the state of the program. And again, you've met Lincoln, you've met Caleb. Your thoughts on this team? Yeah, well, first of all, I love Lincoln. I love the staff. I, I, you know, we, being a Fox, we had a chance to cover Oklahoma a bunch. So I've gotten to know Coach over the years, um, and, and the staff that he assembled is very, very good. And, and they're tough, they're intense, they recruit their butts off. Um, it's a really, really good staff, which makes you know me happy just as an alumni, but it should make USC fans, alumni happy because they're doing it the right way. Uh, Lincoln is a bull. He's an incredible coach. He gets it. He understands. Um, and, and so far, he's done a great job of really building this thing. Because, I mean, look, he took over a team that, you know, there wasn't a lot of meat on that bone. Um, you know, th- there's been somewhat of a loose around this program now for years. So, yeah. you know, he has and, and, and it continues to have a lot of work to do. Um, but the program is headed in the right direction. And then you just, you talk about Caleb and you talk about, you know, obviously you, you, last year you look at Mel Tucker, Michigan State, and even Chip at UCLA. A lot of these teams built the team and had success through the transfer portal because that's that's the, the era we're in in college football is these kids can, can move around. So um, when you inherit a team that has a lot of holes, you go and you try to build you try to build need and you try to build through the portal and get and get and, and get good football players who have a lot of experience and that's how you can kind of build and he's done that. And, you know, they'll continue to do that throughout the summer and, and, and help build this team. And, look, they're going to be very competitive. Obviously, Caleb is a, is a really, really talented football player. Um, you know, they, they have some, some transfers that have come in. They have some players that were on the team that are ready to kind of step up. So, um, you know, I think Arash like the question, like, you know, are they, are they going to make a playoff? I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, expectations are high. But I'll tell you what, they are going to be far more competitive than in a long time. Um, you know, they're going to play a lot harder than they've played in a long time. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to be a real player in the Pac-12 this year. I, I firmly believe that. Matt, we've all heard about the Trojan family, but it, describe that. You know, when someone like Caleb takes over the uh, team and he's the quarterback, you know, like, he, is there a group chat, for lack of a better term, like you and Carson <laughs> and Mark Sanchez and things like that? You know what? I mean, we, we all are very close. And it's, it, the thing about USC, and, and again, you can you can kind of talk about some of the the blue bloods and some of the you know the tradition rich programs throughout college football, but especially with quarterbacks, I mean, you look at USC and you look at the history and the lineage, and you go back, you know, all the way back to, to Pat Hayden, Paul McDonald, Rodney Carson. You know, obviously, you know, I, I was able to play and follow Carson. And then after myself, you had Sanchez and and all of these Matt Barber, all of these guys. There's just been a lot of great players play that position but a lot of great players to play football at USC and I actually I spoke to the team last month during spring practice and I just said listen like like this is USC I don't care the record you're talking about some of the greatest football players to ever play the game you know wore that jersey and 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 want 
you to be successful and want you to go out there and carry on the mission. Um, so it, it is, it is a family, you know, they do say once a Trojan, always, a you know, the, the alumni, um, the sports football alumni, it's a very close group and we always want our players to, to success and to be the best that they can be because listen, it's, you know, there's, you get to wear that uniform and then you say, like I said you think about the players that wore that uniform and you think about the history in the in the in the LA you know in the Coliseum and all of those things man so it, it is really special and um, I'm just excited that USC you know that there's a joy and excitement around the program that there hasn't been in a long time and I think that's what I'm just most excited about is the fans deserve that and you know they're, they're gonna get that and they're gonna get that this fall yeah. Um, hi, Matt. Brandon Deutsch here, another USC alum. I wanted to ask you more about the football things, uh, the football side of things for this upcoming year. Like Arash mentioned, this could be a top five, top 10 team, depending on, you know, where Jordan Addison goes and stuff like that'd be a huge addition for the offense. A lot of people have said that this could be similar to Oklahoma football situation, like 50 points per game, 60 points per game, like some crazy like that. There's been questions about how Corey Foreman will play next year in the defense and how that scheme will right. work. The Pac-12, they should be able to at least not cruise because Utah is good and you know Oregon will be pretty good, but they should be able to win the Pac-12. But there's been questions about their their output outlook as a national champion because of their defense we know caleb's going to be good and the transfer porters helped them a lot do you think that the defense will step up and this will be a 10 11 you know maybe even 12 probably not 12 it never <laughs> happens but you know what i mean uh win team or is this gonna is this team gonna have to rely on offense or you think this defense will get better by August, September. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's I, yeah, I think it's a very fair question. I mean, uh, you look at the offense and clearly with Lincoln and Caleb and some of the players they have. I mean, you know, it has a chance to be a very good offense, and that's what Lincoln's known for. So, so you know, they're going to score 30, 40 points a game at the minimum, um, especially in the Pac-12. Um, but yeah, when you look at the defense, I mean, look, Corey Foreman and, and you know, I, I talked to people around the program. He, you know, I think the thing that was missing and what people need to understand is. You know, you can recruit. You can recruit five stars, four stars, three stars. It doesn't matter if you're not developing the players. Then, then that's what you're going to see on the field. And that was the problem with previous staffs. Like, I just don't think there was a development part of this thing. And you, you saw that it was the same stuff, um, the same, you know, the same kind of product on the field every single week. And you know, kids play hard, and, and obviously they want to do well, but. It's up to the coaches to put these kids in a position to be successful. It's up to the coaches to use Corey Foreman in a way where he's going to maximize his potential. You know, and when what that is, that's up to Alex Grinch and and their staff to figure that out. Um, you know, I mentioned Alex Grinch; he's a really good football coach at DC. And and the thing I love about him is, man, is is he's aggressive. He's got energy, um, and he's 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 a developer, and he understands how to talk to the players and. Um, you know, look, I, look, is, it's gonna, is it gonna happen overnight? Probably not, because I said, you know, they need, they have, there's a lot of holes there. And there's a lot of holes on both sides of the field. You know, this is, this is a team that they need to continue to build and they, they need to, to fill those gaps and need to add bodies and they, they need to get more kids through the portal, um, so that they, they can go out and have some depth, um, this fall. Like, like, I don't think people, should expect we go out there in this defense being one of the best teams in the country, but I'll tell you what, they're going to play hard. They're going to get turnovers. 
and we're going to see some of the players that have been on this um, this team really start to develop. I really believe that. But, but yeah, I mean, mention the Pac-12. I mean, look, it, Utah's a really good team. I think UCLA is going to be very good this year. There's good football teams in this conference, but um, I think USC has as good a shot as anybody in this conference to to win their division and play for a Pac-12 championship. I really believe that if they can stay healthy, which is which is true for every team, but given the numbers and the bodies that they have, if they can stay relatively healthy, they'll have a good opportunity. Matt, thank you again for joining us. Armand here. When we think about your playing time with, with Reggie, the Coliseum was so electric. What is your expectation for the Coliseum going into this season? Do you expect it to be electric going into it right away? Do you think that the team is going to have to earn that right from the fan base? What do you think the Coliseum is going to be like this season? Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be packed. I mean, obviously, you know, with, with people always laugh, you know, with, with, you know, LA fans and all the sports teams, like Arash had mentioned earlier, like, you know, winning kind of cures everything. It was the same thing with Pete when I was there our first year, we were, you know, we were six and six, we get 30,000 people. And by the way, that was when the Coliseum sat 92,000, you know, obviously there's, I think it's in the seventies now. So they um, obviously decreased the seat capacity, but um, I'll just say this, like, I just know that I've talked to people that the buzz and the excitement is is real. um, And I, I can't imagine the Coliseum, not being packed and not being loud that first home game. Um, I, I really, really believe that. And if they, if they can win and they can start kind of, kind of, you know, getting this, this fan base engaged and excited, um, that's what makes the Coliseum so special. And that's what makes Planet USC special is they've just been waiting. Uh, you know, the, the, these fans have been waiting for a long time to, to, to go to games and see what USC football should be. And, and, and again, I, I do think it's it's not going to happen overnight, but there's no doubt that the Coliseum is going to be rocking. People are excited, um, you know, and it, it's going to be fun to see. Because look, at the end of the day, when USC football is good, college football is better for it as well, you know. And uh, when Miami is good, college football is better for it as well. So uh, it, it'll be a fun season for for USC. Uh, Matt, I have some good news for you. So you missed out on the big the endorsement deals when you were in college, but let me just give you this report from the New York Post, Tom Brady's deal with Fox Sports, your new teammate. (laughs) 10 years, $375 million, (laughs) making more with Fox Sports than he made during his career. Matt, uh, you know Tom. What do you think he's going to be like? I I think it's fascinating. Like, he knows the money Tony Romo's making and Troy Aikman's making, and now he's like, okay, like, listen, just watching Tom with his social media, like, I think he's going to be fantastic in the booth. Your thoughts on your brand new teammate, Tom Brady? Well, first of all, I know. I mean, gosh, I mean, I think I just tweeted like the, the, go, the goat is just doing goat things, getting a $400 million contract. But um, yeah, I mean, listen, Tom, I, I had, you know, I've known, uh, used to train with Tom yeah. a little bit back in the day. And, and obviously, I mean, I, I'm just, he, you know, always have been a massive fan, clearly, and just and just admired him and who he is and his work ethic, and 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 you know he's he's the best, you know, and um, but but getting to know him on a personal level back then it was just awesome, you know, and um, I'm I'm happy that he's a part of the team, and um, I think he'll be fantastic. He's 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 just he is who he is. I think 
you know, obviously there's always a transition from, you know, people always say, well, how are they going to be in the booth and this and that? And, um, you know, it, it'll be new for him because it, it's a definitely a different, um, it, it's a different skill set, I, I guess is, is the right word. But, um, I mean, Thomas Tom, and he's, he's seen more and done more in football than anybody that's ever played the game. And, uh, I'm sure the, the stories and the inside and, and just that will be, you know, people will, will be glued to the television. So, Obviously, you know, Fox is family here, and, and I'm so happy that he's a part of our family. And uh, and also, you know, you know, got to plug our big noon kickoff. That's show. right. I mean, you know, we get we got we got Michigan games, so it'd be nice to get him on. The set <laughs> That's with right. Us too, you know, so get him get him to come out to, to Michigan, Ohio State. You know, and and go go pump up the Wolverines. But man, no, we're fired up to have when he's ready to retire. Yeah. And who knows when that's going to be. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun to, to get to work with them and, and team around. That's for sure. You're with our last our last ninety seconds with you, uh, Matt. You 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 will have to go through the college recruiting process one more time with Cole, and Cole is already like as tall as you. Uh, it is so cool to see him now go through this whole thing. What is it now to experience that with Cole? wild man it's really wild he got you know he got his first couple offers last week or a couple weeks ago in football and you know he'll be a freshman at modern day this fall and uh it's it's been really it's different you know it's very different but um I, i'm just proud of the way he works he's got a great head on his shoulders he loves football loves basketball um you know just really all he cares about is just working out and, and trying to get better and um, so it's it, it, it's nice. It's nice to kind of just sit back and watch and, and help him and kind of help navigate through all of the you know all of the stuff that's going to come his way over the yeah. next couple of years with NIL and just playing at modern day and the expectations there and all of that stuff. But uh, he he's he's ready and you know we're just uh, we're excited to kind of just watch his journey, man. It's really it's really fun. But again, it does make me feel old. Like, <laughs> holy crap, man! My kid, my kid is uh, my kids in high school almost and and already you know getting this type of exposure it's pretty funny awesome matt thank you so much you're the best uh, let's do this again soon that's all the time we have for today let's do it again tomorrow until then this is arash markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy this is the arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.